Welcome to the Forging Honor Podcast. I'm Jonathan George. And I'm Benjamin Jones. Here at The Forge, we explore what it means to live as Christian men. Along the way, we'll be doing habit-forming challenges to build character through action. We are by no means experts, just two young Christian men trying to make sense of a wild world. That's right. We do our best to learn and hope you'll join us on the journey. And if you want to get directly involved, go to forginghonor.com to find information on how to join our community. This is episode 30, Closing the Book on Daily Bible Reading. And that was Banjo's title idea, not mine, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, and he's not even a dad. I don't think anyone was surprised that it was mine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Very good. All right. Challenge wrap-up time. Uh, as a reminder, challenges now last for two months instead of two weeks. Really, it's... it's uh, more like six weeks, so almost two months. Um, they are simple daily tasks to grow us as men. This challenge that we are wrapping up today was very simple. It was our start the new year challenge of read your Bible every day. Uh, so Banjo, how did you do for the last six weeks? Over the last six weeks, well, after a uh, after a wobble out of the starting gate, the first. First two weeks were pretty rough. I think uh, the first two weeks were, I think I did five out of 10, uh, maybe between the, the two, you know, two sets of weekdays. Um, but after that, I got really consistent. I, I think I've been uh, 10 for 10 uh, for, the, for the following two weeks. So um, it's been really helpful for me. Um, I've, I've really, um, I've, I've appreciated us doing it this um you know, this way and, and taking the time to do it for the two months. Cause I think this is, this has set me in a good, uh, in a good trend for 2024. Um, probably one of the best, uh, or at least the most consistent runs of, of Bible reading I've had in a long time. So I'm, I'm enthused. How about you? How's it, how was it in the last, last little stretch? It's been really good. Um, likewise, as far as the uh, setting me up well for the year. I think it's great. I, I can happily say uh, that I have hit every single day so far this year. Very uh, nice. not, not every day has been in depth as it could be or as um, much study going on. Sometimes it's just, I'm going to get my one chapter in and, and then I did read my Bible at least. Yeah. Um, uh, but we are recording this a bit early, ladies and gentlemen. So normally we record this uh, on a Saturday and then release it the same day. So we're recording this three days early in anticipation of uh, I'm having a child here pretty soon. So I'm Woo! excited about that. I mean, um, I mean, let's be clear. You're not having the child. Right, right. You're- My wife is having the child and I will be there to support yeah. her. Um, <laughs> so uh, that is coming up. But uh, we're, so we're recording this a few days early. So if I don't miss uh, Thursday and Friday of this week, then I'll have hit a 100% on this. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, this is definitely one of the longest unbroken streaks of Bible reading I've had uh, in a long time. Um, and and I'm we don't count uh, like our our bot on the weekends. Discord doesn't count oh, the weekends, oh. right? Yeah. So we don't count that. But um, I did hit the weekends as well, so I'm happy to say that. Um, that's good. I think that's something we could potentially start doing is counting weekends. Actually, well, one thing I've been thinking about with with the challenge, um, th- this particular challenge is I wasn't doing it on the weekends and I thought it's a little silly for me not to be doing it on the weekends. I mean, it's not like, you know, it, it's not like I should stop talking to God just cause it's Saturday. Um, you know, um, 
Sunday is a little different in some ways, I think, just because I'm going to to church and I'm going to go hear the word. But then again, I mean, you know, there's it's a day dedicated to public and private practice of right. uh, worshiping God. So, you know, all the more reason, I guess. So, yeah, I need to get more consistent in that area. That, that's something we can we can discuss as well as far as are certain challenges better fit to be done on the weekends as well as on the weekdays. Right. Uh, for this one, I, I would say that I think it's a practice going forward would be good to do all seven days a week. Uh, I, I enjoyed digging into it. I definitely uh, found it to be fruitful. So what we have done is I have a bunch of the interview questions that we asked our guests that we had for this challenge. So we had on uh, a Christian Brewer and Jamie Crampton, both pastors. Thank you again um, to those guys because that was excellent stuff. I uh, really appreciated that. They were phenomenal. And we asked them some fun questions. Uh, so I have a list of those questions in front of us, and I thought it would be fun for us to go through these and uh, kind of bat them back and forth a little bit and then discuss what have we learned from the answers that uh, Jamie and Christian gave us. So this is kind of a live, um, your hosts are the guinea pigs today, right? <laughs> so we've been doing this challenge, whether or not you were doing it, um, we're, we're happy to have you here, but we've been doing this challenge. And uh, now we get to talk about, is this, what did we actually learn from it? And going forward, how is this going to look in our lives? Um, so to kick it off, I think one of the things that was that we we asked, I think Jamie especially, uh, um, but one of the things that we dug into was, uh, are we just checking a box? Are we doing yeah. it just for the purpose of checking a box? I was looking back through my notes. We asked uh, Christian the same thing, and both of them pointed out uh, that one, it's not a bad thing to just check the box with, with scripture reading, right? Because uh, at the end of the day, you are laying eyes on scripture and scripture is incredibly foundational. One thing I really appreciated that Christian said was he used a pill analogy. Right. Um, Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if a doctor said you got to take this pill every day to be well, right. You wouldn't uh, stop taking, you would not take that pill. Right. If it just takes a few minutes. Um, And I think while we can sort of treat scripture like a pill, sometimes that's what it needs to be for us. Uh, so that was encouraging for me because I definitely feel like I checked the box in some ways. At the same time, when we were discussing that with with Jamie, he was advising how to dig deeper a little bit. Uh, and so he, I think taking a systematic study of a book is something I, I've wanted to take on. I'm in Matthew right now with a with a men's small group, um, but I really want to dig into Mark what what he was saying about that. Yeah. So uh, what do you think of all that banjo? Uh, do you on the, on the topic of just checking the box versus digging in. Well, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm flipping through, um, I'm flipping through my copy of, of, uh, Valley of Vision. Um, and, and I was trying to find, um, trying to find a, a prayer that I, I've been reading it with my Bible reading, um, because whereas we were talking about some of the stuff with, um, with, with Jamie and with Christian, I was just, uh, I was encouraged by what they were saying about, um, how, how good it is to, to be reading, um, you know, one of the standards of the faith or, or liturgy, um, alongside of it. And I've just been encouraged with that. So I thought, you know, I'm going to take this up. I have a copy of it. I've always been meaning to make it more consistent in my day-to-day life. Um, and so when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do is I'm, I'm reading Valley of Vision and I'm reading, Right now, I'm reading a, a chapter of Exodus. That's been my that's been my practice. 
um, which has been a really interesting Exodus has been a really interesting um, pick me up with the morning coffee, um, especially for like the first three chapters. Cause I forgot how violent the first three chapters of Exodus are. Um, it's all like, we're going to kill all the babies. Um, and then immediately after that, it's like, okay. And then all of the livestock died. Okay. All of the frogs died. Okay. The rivers are full of blood now. It's just like this really grotesque imagery, but it's really cool. Anyway, one of the prayers I read recently in Valley of Vision, all this to say, um, said something along the lines of, and I, and I can't find it now. Um, but it said something about, um, let me not, um, uh, let, let me not only, uh, love thee when I feel like it or something like that. Um, and the, some, the, the last bit of the prayer was something along the lines of, um, for it is a hollow thing, um, for me, um, to have faith only when I feel it basically was the, the that's really good. Yeah. And I was like, that's so, I mean, it is so counterintuitive to the way that we think nowadays of like, well, I have to, um, if I'm, if I am a good Christian that I, I'm going to feel like a Christian, I'm going to, I'm going to feel like I am, you know, speaking with God and communing with God. And, um, it seems to me, the more I'm reading from these other places, it seems more like, well, that's a very hollow, hollow faith. If it's only when we feel like it, um, and that's not to make, you know, our spiritual disciplines, I think a drudgery, but just, uh, to me, it's more of an encouragement of, I don't always have to be on fire for the Lord. You know, I, it, it's, it's more of recognizing the truth of the gospel and resting in it, um, and, and day by day, letting that become my fire rather than expecting to be kind of consumed in this, in this holy passion at all times. Right. That makes know. sense. No, I, I see what you're saying because there is, it is easy to do things only because we want to do them, right? We have so many right. hobbies. We have so many activities that we do because we want to do them. Uh, and there are very few people, I think, early on in their faith that are excited to go read things like Exodus. There are passages of scripture that we turn to very quickly uh, that we might be excited to read, um, but there are there are definitely other passages that can be tough to dig into. Uh, I think so. You're starting with uh, Valley of Vision before you read the before you do your scripture reading. Yeah, it was something. I, can't, I think it was. I think it was what Jamie said. He just he pointed out that we need we need prayer. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us in our in our, um, reading, um, because we're not ultimately, we're not the ultimate authority on scripture. Scripture is the ultimate authority on scripture. Um, and we need, uh, the wisdom of the Holy spirit to do that. And I think it's just a good, for me, it's become a good practice of asking God to help me with my day and asking him to help me with even the reading of his word. The other thing is, um, the Valley of vision prayers are, are really, really good at, um, at asking God to totally um, o- overrun who I am. Um, so much of the Puritan prayers, I think, you know, seem to be about, um, uh, it's it's not about me becoming my best self. It's not about me reaching my full potential or any, you know, any self-help, something like that. It's all about, Lord, um, I, one of the prayers said, um, let me not be taken with the delusions of this life. Um riches and splendor and wealth and 
praise and power and glory, like all this stuff. And I was like, oh, this is so well put, like these delusions. Um, and then getting to to read that and then put that next to scripture and to say, okay, so Lord, take take away the desire for delusions, but instead give me the desire for the word. That's been really helpful for me over the last couple of couple of weeks, I think. So we'll see if it continues. That's really good though, the the bit about the prayer before scripture and that you put that into practice because that's something I have not um, put into practice as well. If I remember before I open up my Bible, I'm like, oh, I, I got to pray about this before I read scripture. I, I'm in the habit of I'll read or I'll, I'll pray after I've done my reading. But yeah. I, I have noticed when you, when you enter in to a time of devotion, framing it with prayer that God will help you in that is huge because you're not relying on yourself anymore, right? You're not, right. you're not looking to your, to your own strength to understand or your own wits to understand what is there in God's word for you. Uh, yeah. I, and I, so, and I have, have, um, prayed on my own laziness or I should say played on my own laziness by when I wake up in the morning, my, my Valley of vision book is on top of my Bible so that's clever. <laughs> I can't open my Bible without opening up Valley of Vision first. Right. Uh, so it's just like of like a really tangible way of reminding myself to do it. The other thing is it's it's become more of a practice for me to pray more consistently and more meaningfully before I do other things. So like mm. when I'm teaching my classes, we're um, at, at the school that I'm at. We're supposed to pray before every class, and that's a thing that I just think is awesome. I love that we do that. Um, I would, I would be doing it anyway. Um, but, but I've really appreciated more recently after having done this, just recognizing like, just as it's true that I can't take anything out of scripture without the will of God, I can't teach my kids anything without the will of God. They can't get it. Um, I, I can't, I can't get anything new out of a text unless God is giving me the ability to do it. Um, and so really to just like earnestly seek God before class and to say like, Lord, I, I need your help to teach these kids, especially because a lot of them are like in real spiritual need, you know? Um, and, and I think, I don't know if this was true for you, JJ, but growing up, I, I was kind of surrounded by lots of these kinds of prayers. Like, Lord, please bless this conversation that we're about to have, or, you know, um, be with us as we travel, um, and they're kind of just like tossed off things. But the more that I think about it, the more that I realize like those are real prayers. And in some ways those are like the real prayers because those are really like faith. Or they, they can be right. They don't have right, to be. They can be. Right. Uh, exactly. I do think I, I have definitely done that before where I'll say a quick prayer and just say the same thing I've always said. And I wonder if that is similar in, in a similar way right? We're just checking the box of prayer there. Is that, is that really a helpful thing? Right? Because it seemed like, you know, it have, with our guests both told us it is at least helpful to even just open your Bible and at least get eyes on it. Right? Even if yeah. you're just checking the box. Yeah. Does the same thing apply to prayer? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we, we'd have to bring them back on um, to really say. Just drag them on real quick. Give, One thing give I, them a call. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, one thing I do think about often is I can't remember where it is. Um, but one of the new Testament writers talks about, um, 
the Holy Spirit hears our sighs and groans um, and brings them to the Father. And I wonder if if that applies to to um, the the prayers that we pray that that maybe we don't mean, and maybe God is merciful to us in granting more than than we um, more than we say or more than we feel, right? Because it's not always dependent on our feelings, it's, and it shouldn't be, right? You know, that makes sense. At, at the same time, I do think there could be a danger of well, I'm going to pray this prayer because. Uh, if I do, God's going to give me something, right? Like there might be a, right, yeah. A, and as as God's children, we can believe that God loves to give good things to His children, but that doesn't mean same thing as well. I'm just going to make sure I pray this thing so I'm safe on the interstate today, right? Or, it's not or, a it's not a get out of jail free card. I guess is right. what I'm saying. Or sometimes we we can pray things without realizing what we're saying. You know that there's there's I think it's um. I think it's the song Oceans. Um, if you know that praise song, it's got the it's got a chorus or a bridge that is something like, um, "Lead me where my trust is without borders." Where oh, we sing I'm, that all the time at Covenant. Yeah, it's yeah, like where I'm was, out upon the waters and and stuff like that. And I was working. I forgot at a, about that one. Yeah, I was working at a at a youth ministry. Um, one summer and I'm not a fan of that song. And I was talking with the youth leader about that song and he was like, now you're on air saying that Panjo. I'm, I'm on air. It's, it's, it's okay. I, <laughs> my stance on these songs has been clear for a long time. I'm not surprising anybody who knows me. Um, besides I'm the OPC kid. Like we're no fun at parties. Everybody knows that. Um, ah, I don't know. I've I've been to a few parties with you, Banjo. <laughs> anyway, one of the things that the that the song says is, is basically like it's it's like you're. We talked about me and this uh, this pastor friend. We talked about it, and the reason that we came down on it that we didn't like it very much is is you're kind of asking somebody to say like God lead me into these like kind of terrible situations. Lead lead me into places where I'm where I'm drowning essentially, you know? Um, and it's, it's almost like a self imprecatory prayer. Like you're almost like asking God to, to, to bring you through the fire, um, or to put you into the fire so that he can bring you out of it a little bit. Um, and you know, that might be fine in certain settings, but especially in a, in a youth group where maybe there's, there's kids there who aren't Christians and, and who, um, who wouldn't hold to the faith, you know, it, it may be, Maybe it's not the best thing to to you know get them to pray something. Essentially, it's because that's what you're essentially doing in the song is to is praying this thing over yourself. Praying theology, you might not want to pray. Yeah, <laughs> you might. If you just right, might want them right. to think about it. You know, you know. Please pray responsibly. I think is probably. What I need it comes that on a poster. To. Please play. Please pray. Please pray responsibly. responsibly. That'll be our first play. merch. Our there first you merch. Go. Forging <laughs> honor. Please pray responsibly. <laughs> That'd be good. My word. That is, that yeah. is a funny thing. Um, but um, I was going to ask, are there any bits of wisdom that you got out of the interviews these, these last few weeks that you were really like, this has been really encouraging to me or, or anything like that? Well, uh, yes, yeah, several things. But I, before I dig into more, I mean, something that, that struck me, what you were talking about, um, and this goes to one of the questions we asked, was just how your daily scripture reading and your awareness of the habits that you're surrounding it with. That was the question we asked, what are good habits to surround this, yeah. this core habit with? So you're surrounding it with prayer and that's affecting 
the rest of your life in the classroom and how you pray. And that is super cool to me because it shows that the habit, it's a foundational thing. You know, it takes you, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe in the morning to do your, your time of prayer and scripture reading. And you, or I mean, maybe it's the seven minutes that, uh, that was mentioned at one point on a previous episode. It's, it's a short amount of time, but then it's affecting you for the rest of the day. And it's, it's setting you up to live your life before the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and again, I, it's not, I, I think it's really, it's not, it's not me that's doing that. It's, it's more like the, um, you know, it's by the grace of God that those things are happening. And, and it's also, um, that's, that's even me saying that is one of those things that is like, it's, it's one of those trite things that people say, but it's, it's, true in that it's not, you know, the more that I spend time in scripture, the more that I'm realizing, like, I am not, I am not the one who is doing the good works in me, like reading Exodus and, and reading what Moses says and, and how Moses is like, Lord, I'm a man of, you know, I'm, I'm not able to speak. Uh, I, 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 you know, I've killed a man. I, I can't be in charge of this. Um, it's also really interesting to me that he, uh, he asked God for a sign. He says, how will I know that these things are true? And, God, God doesn't give him a sign in the immediate. He gives him a sign at, he says, you will, you will, this will be a sign unto you that you will, um, it's something like you will speak to me in the cloud, you will in the mountains, right? Or you will see the face of God in the mountains or, or something, something along those lines. I'm, I'm not getting it exactly right, but he gives him a future promise that Moses has to take on faith. And then eventually Moses sees the fulfillment of that promise. Um, and I was just struck with that as what we're doing with, our scripture reading is, is kind of like that. Like there's, there is this future sign that we will see. There's this future gift that we will have, but right now we're being asked to really do this thing in the moment. This is, this is where we're being called to be faithful, um, by God's grace and grace and by his strength. Um, yeah, but it's also, and I'll just hit this point really quickly because otherwise I'll go in a rabbit hole and we don't want me going in rabbit holes. Um, but, but the things that we practice, um, all they, you know, it's cyclical and kind of um, self-sustaining because the things that we practice influence the things that we believe, and the things that we believe influence the things that we practice. Um, and I was just having a conversation with somebody today about um, they were uh, they were arguing, um, we were arguing over over the inerrancy of scripture, um, and this particular person was arguing that. Well, scripture is inerrant. Um, I, I said, "What well, you know? I believe that scripture is the infallible, um, inspired, holy word of God." And um, this person said, "Well, yeah, I'd agree with all of those, except maybe inerrant." Um, and I was like, "Oh, why?" And they were like, "Well, I think that that the Bible is inerrant, but the people's interpretations of it can be inerrant, and sometimes people use that to, you know, divide the line between who's Christian and who's not." And I was like. Well, no, that's it's kind of important. Like you kind of need the inerrancy of scripture, and so we got into it a little bit. But, but at the end of the day, um, I I just came away with this um, came away from that conversation thinking it's really important for us to to believe that scripture is inerrant um, because it's all we have. Um, we we this is the revealed will of God. This is how we're able to, to speak with him, to know what he would have for our lives. Um, and, and then I was reinforced with this idea of like, that's, if that's true, 
like, why, why wouldn't we read this every day? You know, um, but the belief informs the practice and the practice becomes belief and it's all cyclical and redundant and all that good stuff. Anyway, I'm rambling, JJ, cut me off. No, I think that's really, really cool. And, and your process of realizing that cyclical nature of it, of how the, the regular everyday habit of reading scripture informs your belief, which then re- reinforms how you perform that habit and how you go back to scripture. Um, I think what's super cool about that is that's built in to how habits work. That's something God has made right. us to do. Yeah. Uh, it's that way with, with running, which you and I both love, right? As yeah. you, as you run more and you get better at it and you start to like it, then you want to go run more. Yeah. Right. And you, it, it's this cyclical pattern. Um, and that's a really, really good thing. It can be so hard to find quality habits that do that for you. I think, uh, there are so many bad habits that have, uh, the opposite or have, have the same effect of perpetuating the habit. Right. Yeah. Um, well, addiction. The, exactly. Uh, any, any form of addiction, alcohol is a common one where the, the quickest cure to a hangover is more alcohol, right? Right. So that, the dog. What, what happens is you end up addicted to alcohol. So the fact that you're doing that with, with scripture, right? You're replacing, well, you aren't an alcoholic. You weren't ever an alcoholic. <laughs> that I know of. That I know of, Banjo. Um, I'm sure like on air, not an alcoholic. I, there we go. Yeah. We got them, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, so, but you're you're taking, you're doing the same process with this wonderful, glorious thing, and I can't help but wonder, like, what is that going to do in in a year, in two years, and in, in if, ten years? You know, if I keep with it, if you, you stick know, with if, it, right? If I grow in that, that'll. I mean, that'll be huge. But again, that's by the grace of God, you know. And exactly. That's, but that's also what's really comforting to me is. Okay, well, even if I even if I fail at this, God is still good. God is still faithful. I I don't need to be continuing in in um in in holding up the the goodness of God. Right, um, right. God is doing that. So anyway, yeah. That's super so cool. it's all good stuff. So one question that uh, you had actually uh, put on our list of questions here, yeah, was understanding the difference. You kind of had two questions on this, but understanding the difference between spending time in scripture and something like Buddhist meditation or modern right. mindfulness practices. And another question you had that was very similar was how do we avoid the tendency to treat the Bible like, uh, is it I Ching or fortune cookie? I, I Ching. I Ching. Yeah. I, Ching. Yeah. I don't know how you pronounce that. Uh, which I thought were phenomenal questions. And I was wondering now that, now that you have heard the answers in some form or fashion of those questions of our guests, what would your response to that be? Uh, well, uh, one of the things that I thought was most helpful was some, well, yeah, Christian and Jamie both said some, some really helpful things on this. I think, uh, Christian reinforced, I think the, the value of the Holy spirit and, and, um, and the Holy spirit's role in, in reading scripture. And that was, I, that was just hugely encouraging to me, um, to read and to, and to hear and to think, oh, you know, this is not dependent on me. Like I'm, I'm dependent on God to, to open the eyes of my heart. Um, and, and similarly, it's like reading about Pharaoh um, and seeing how his heart is hardened. Even there's like these, these miracles are happening left and right. And he's like, nah, um, I'm good. Um, it was like, oh, okay. So, you know, the Holy Spirit is the one who's, who's doing this work. 
he's protecting this. It's not it's not random chance. So like with the I Ching, you're supposed to, um, depending on like where you are, what you're doing, you know, what what dice you roll, whatever it is, that's what determines what what advice you're reading um, for that day. And then you have to interpret it. You have to figure out what what the Tao is saying to you, right? Whatever that is. Um, and so that was really helpful. And then, um, I think, I think Jamie said something about something along the lines of, um, there's, it's not a, uh, the, the scripture is not, not given as a private word to an individual. Um, it's given as a, as a corporate, um, as a corporate text. Um, and, and, you know, we can understand that as individuals, but it's not ultimately, um, it's not a, it's not a text message to us. Um, and, and so it's not going to be individual to our lives. And I just thought that was so helpful. Um, because, um, I, you know, I've met a lot of people who, um, when, when I ask, you know, you know, how's, how's your Bible reading going or something, you know, they'll, they'll give me the response, something along the lines of, um, well, yeah, God really spoke to me today. And he told me, you know, that I should pursue this, this line of action in my work. Uh, or I, you know, I really should be doing, um, you know, this business model or whatever. And I'm like, right. I don't, I don't think that's, <laughs> I don't think, um, you know, I don't think Galatians had anything to say about Sigma six. Um, you know, just my two cents. Um, Calvin didn't get that, uh, out of that. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, so and and sometimes I've always been put off by that, partially because I think, well, sh- well, do I need to be applying scripture like that? Like, do I need to be, you know, helping? Do I need to be using the Bible? Do I need to, to be more, more quote unquote, in tune with it or something? Like that's yeah, kind of the I, impression I get is these folks are just so in tune with their spiritual side. I'm like, what does that right, mean? Like, am I missing a radio signal or a radio frequency? Right. Should, should I have a clear message on what Fruit Loops to buy? I don't know. Um, so this kind of thing. So I think that was just super encouraging to me. Ultimately, I'm not the authority. Um, I'm not in charge. Um, that's a good thing because I make mistakes. Well, there, there you have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Did did you have anything that you were either from from that particular question or more broadly that you were like, this is this is helpful? Well, I I think. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me in, in Jamie's response, I don't know if it was exactly to that, um, but he was talking about just the purpose of scripture, how, how there is such a purpose behind it. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, you, when you read a, a fortune cookie or your, your whatever it is, um, what, what are those called? Your, uh, people talk about them. It's like the different stars. Oh, the astrology sign. Yeah. Your different astrology stuff. That's, that's something people read. Um, and people talk about that and, but something that's so different about it is there's not a, there's not a purpose behind it, right? There's not this, there's not this single will of God, this, the spirit of God going forth and giving this to you. And when he was talking about, when Jamie specifically was talking about the Beatitudes, you know, why are they in this order? Oh yeah, that was so good. That was, that has just stuck with me. And I think about that now, um, because one of my, one of my habits is I read, um, the first thing I read in the morning is the the proverb of the day. And, I, right. and that's been a habit of mine for a long time I, to varying. This is the best streak I've had in a long time. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> and then, 
usually there's there's other scripture being read with my family at breakfast or at dinner. Um, right. So I, I, I kind of work my way through the Bible that way. But it just, even reading Proverbs, which sometimes just come in random, like what a seemingly random order. Right. That has jumped out at me and I gone, whoa, you can see as you're reading through like the order of Proverbs, why are these chapters laid out in this way? Why does he start with warnings, with the warnings to young men before he jumps into some of the differences between a fool and a wise man? And then right. like the very last thing at the very end, you know, uh, chapter 31, there's an order to that too, right? You know, what, what would mm-hmm. you, I mean, you know what chapter 31 is about, right? About the wise woman and, and the except it doesn't start wife. with that. It doesn't start with that. What does it start it with? It starts with it starts with first off, it's the uh, words of King Lemuel, uh, an oracle by, given to him by his mother. So it's it's written by his mom. Oh, okay. and and then and then it jumps in with uh, do not give your strength to women. Ha! Do not huh. do not give your strength to those who destroy kings. Do not be given to drunkenness. Do not be given to much wine or strong drink. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Give that to the poor people. Let let the let those folks. They can they right. can uh, partake of those pleasures in life. You, my son, you need to be wise. And then here's the woman that'll help you do that. And then yeah. sets this impossible standard for all time. Uh, <laughs> it, it's just like, but there's an order to it, and and there are right. things like that that are jumping out at me in a way that have not before. Um, and I think that is so different from how we treat our our life. You know, we we look at, um. That we look at the news, we look at the signs of the times, whatever it is. We're like, oh, look at this thing; it's going this way, that way. That, but the word of of the Lord stands forever, right? At one thing, one thing um, uh, that I did was I sat down. We we had uh, my family were we've been working our way through um, the uh, the Pentateuch, so we're only just now in. Um, we only just now got to Joshua, so it took us that long. It took us uh, almost two years as a, as a family to read like one chapter a day, get through it. it takes a while. It is, it is a blessed slog through those, <laughs> through those passages. And in that time, you know, you're, you're reading through some of the tougher bits and you're like, I don't, I don't really know what's going on here. Right. So I thought, okay, what, what if I sat down, I had an hour on a Sunday morning and I sat down and I just read, um, uh, Genesis. It's not that long. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like a short story when you just sit down and read it. It probably took me 35, 40 minutes. That's actually pretty impressive. That's like a, that's 50 chapters, Genesis. Yeah, but it's not very many pages when you think about it. Like in a chapter, right. it really isn't that long. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm all, I also am a pretty quick reader, I'll admit. So, um, and I just went, whoa, here's the whole scope of this. Like there's an order to it. Like the story uh-huh. is this, it unfolds. And then yeah. I went and did the, the same. T- I, I haven't kept up with this, but I'm like, okay, on Sundays, I kind of want to do this thing now where I try to read a book of the Bible. Yeah, I probably won't do that with Leviticus. That'll be pretty tough. But I, I'm That's probably jump around to some of the the New Testament. Like I want to do some of the letters next I because there's an order time. to this stuff. Yeah, and like I did it with Exodus, and I was like, there's such a there's such this cool pattern here. At the beginning, they're in slavery. Yep, and then there's all this stuff where they're being rescued, and then there's the the laws given to them, and at the end, they have the tabernacle. Yeah, right. There's an order to it. Like there's this, and and there are things like that that. You know, I, Jamie, Jamie mentioned why this order, and that's just been rolling around in my head now. I'm like, okay, I gotta go find out why the order of all of this stuff now. Yeah. And the, uh, the importance of the unity of scripture uh, in the same, in the same discussion that I was having today with this, uh, with this other person, 
um, he asked this other person asked me what I thought of um, uh, this idea. There's an idea that um, that that the, there's a an order to the revealed word of God. So his his idea was that, or or the idea he was uh, talking about was. Christ is the most important and then scripture and then the preached word. And then, you know, um, the way that we proclaim God in like conversations with one another. And I thought kind of going off of what Jamie had said, I thought, well, that can't be true because, uh, Christ is, Christ is the word. He's the revealed word of God in the sense that he's, you know, he's the good, he is the good news. He's the gospel to us. But then all of scripture all of god's word all of the inspired holy scripture is all pointing towards jesus uh it's it's he's the center of that right so you know there's never going to be a point where what christ says uh differs from scripture like there's never a point where you'd need to make a differentiation between uh christ and scripture um or you, you never need to say well this one is higher than the other um because it they're both god's word right um uh in that sense right not Right, right. You, you know, I'm not, I'm well, not trying to say that scripture is Jesus. There's just two difference, but well, it, it, I, I see what you're saying, though. Right, you know, the the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Exactly, and and John makes that very clear that the the words you have in your hands are as as close to Jesus as you will get in this life in in a physical sense. Right, right. Um, and I want to be careful about. I I, I don't know. You could you could discuss spiritual sins. Well, I don't know. I don't want to get into that and and say something that's totally out there. But the point is, you're. I think you're exactly right that scripture at the end of like you're not you're not walking we around going, "What does Jesus have for me today?" And right. Then we don't need to be. We don't need to be disappointed that we didn't live in Jesus's time. Right. We have like Jesus it, with us. Exactly. It, in, it in kills way. me when I'll, I all the time will ask at, at school. You know, just to get the kids thinking. I like to ask questions that are like. You know, if you could pick any time to live in, when would you live? And I, I really hate it when kids are like, I want to go live with Jesus. And I'm like, you have Jesus. Like, you have the scriptures, you know. Um, right. Just, you know, pick up, pick another time. There's other times. They were plenty interesting, especially if you go into the future. I don't know. You could just mess around. Anyway, that's my pet peeve. Well, that – yeah, that's – uh. That's that's really interesting to think about. Like what, like there is the value of of the of the word of Christ directly from his mouth. But I mean, how many people heard Christ and didn't believe? Exactly, I saw miracles, saw the resurrection, and didn't believe. Exactly. You know? um, one thing I thought was interesting, and I think, um, well, we can wrap up after this. But um, we both asked uh, Christian and, and Jamie, you know, how on the scale of of like the spiritual habits. Yeah. Where does scripture reading fall? And they answered the question a little bit differently. You know, Jamie uh -huh. just said it is most important. Yeah. Uh, Christian nuanced it a little bit with uh, scripture reading itself is not the important thing because you have to remember uh, until the printing press, not everybody had a copy. Um, but the the daily intake of scripture, and right. I thought that was a good um, that was a good clarification. So in some way, because yeah, I've I've traveled and realized oh I didn't bring a Bible or I I don't have quick access. I mean I, we everybody has a phone now. Um, but, uh, so you could read it on that, but if you're ever like, Oh, I'm like, this has happened mostly when I'm camping because I don't have an access to a phone or I don't have my Bible. It's like, all right, well, do I have some scripture memorized? I can still right. have an intake of scripture. Yeah. Uh, and I thought 
it, it was really cool. They both recognized that as um, similar to what you're talking about there with the uh, it's, it's foundational because it is the very word of God. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it can't get more important than that. It was a good yeah. one to start 2024 with. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to continue with this and I hope that I continue well without having the, the pressure of the forging honor challenge on me. Um, but that's one of the reasons we went for six weeks because no, I've been waking up and doing it first thing every day for six weeks. So yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I think that's going to be beneficial. Yeah. Very good. All right. On to the next challenge. Uh, so this next challenge, uh, again, it's going to last really, it's not two months. It's more like a month and a half, but six weeks. It will be a simple daily tra- task to grow us as men. Uh, and the challenge that we have decided on for the next six weeks is have an intentional conversation for 20 minutes or longer, best accompanied by a meal, a shared beverage, or other joint activity. Uh, so to introduce this, uh, I'm kind of pulling back a little bit on the philosophy of forging honor. Um, one thing, when we first started this, we wanted to go and try habits and establish good habits as young men, right? Uh, this is not this is not a podcast where we just talk about this stuff. We want to dig into it with your host as the guinea pigs. Um, and so we've we've chosen a set of topics over the course of the year. So to frame this, this topic is really about community. That's the point of this. And um, Banjo and I were talking about this. We felt that a uh, there are some large scale community activities that we could suggest at this point, but um, there at its core, when you're in community, when you're in fellowship, um, there, there's conversation is crucial. And we chose 20 minutes just as that seems reasonable. Um, and in general, we found uh, we are, I think both of us have found that over a meal or a beer, um, we both enjoy a pipe. Uh, some form of joint activity with a buddy or your spouse um, or a, a member in your community. You know, I like to try and get a lunch uh, a couple times a month with an elder in my community. Um, something like that. Banjo, um, I would love if you would talk about um, that book you read that helped bring about this challenge. Yeah, so I recently read um, a book called uh, The Common Rule, uh, written by, let me check, because um, I forget things uh, very quickly. Uh, his name is Justin Whitman, uh, ju- sorry, I, I read it too quickly, Justin Whitmill Early, hope I'm saying that right, Justin Whitmill Early uh, is the author of the book The Common Rule. He's going to write us in and be like, you butchered it. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna make us <laughs> redact his name. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's a common rule, but an uncommon name. No, uh, the book is the common rule, and uh, I found it to be just really helpful. I am generally really skeptical of like self help books, um, and I'm ashamed to admit that a friend gave me this book in college um, at a time in my life where I was very busy, and this friend said, you know, uh, you're stressed, you're busy. You should take a look at this book. It it, you know, it could help you out, really helped me out. And I was like, great. And then I never read it um, because I was stressed and busy. But I wish I had because I think it would have been really useful. Um, <clears throat> long story short, um, uh, this book is borrowing from some, some kind of monastic practices 
um, in the sense that um, the monks uh, would have would have organized their day in a sort of liturgical fashion in a way that was making a habit that reminded them of uh, who God was and who they were and, and how they should be living. Um, and so the, the aim of the book is not to, not to be legalistic or, or to be, you know, setting, setting rules. Um, it's really just to ask a question of, um, what are the actions that you're doing day in and day out? And, and what do those actions communicate about what you think about who God is and who you are? Um, and so the book lays out about eight challenges, four challenges that you can do every day, four challenges that you do every week um, that are designed to get you thinking about uh, those things and, and to take stock of, of some of your actions and, and to take things a little bit more seriously, um, I think, um, to, to be focused on, on God in some really intentional ways. So, um, for example, um, one, one habit is to um, – uh, have a dedicated time of prayer in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And the idea is to just kind of have regulated time where you're going before God and acknowledging your dependence on him. Um, another is to uh, read scripture before you look at your phone, look at notifications on your phone. Um, and the idea there is that um, when, we, um, when we're going right to our phone, when we, wake, when we wake up, we're often letting the phone kind of dictate our reality. We're letting our phone dictate our pace of life. Um, and not acknowledging that that God ultimately is in control, um, and then it's easier to to forget things like like doing scripture reading or prayer. So that's a habit that I've been trying to work on. Um, is I'm just gonna the first thing I do in the morning, my alarm is on my phone, so I hit my phone, put it away, and then I go and read my my Bible, and that's my that's my first thing, um, and that's been really helpful. So one of the things that uh, he talks about in this book uh, is uh, the benefit of having a, uh, I think in what he did, uh, what he suggests is an hour long conversation, uh, once a week, uh, I think is what he said, uh, or, sh or sharing a meal once a day with somebody. And both of those things do a really nice thing of, um, recognizing our interdependence on one another, um, and recognizing that we were never designed to be humans alone. Um, so don't try, don't try to be a human living a solitary life. Um, I think that's a real challenge, JJ, to the way that um, we like to think about masculinity in America. We, I think we like to think about the Lone Ranger and you know the Alpha Wolf or whatever, the guy who's, who's going, going it alone. But I thought this is a really good challenge to, to say, no, we, we need to be um, not just around people, but, but to recognize that we need other people. Um, and um, you know, to recognize that other people are there, not just for our entertainment or for us to take advantage of, but, um, you know, we're, we're reading scripture, not just for our own benefit, but so that we can go out and we can serve. And so we can see others. So anyway, that's a brief, brief overview of, um, some of where this challenge is coming from. Highly recommend picking, picking up the, the common rule. I think we're going to probably steal a few challenges uh, from that book later on down the road. Um, but would de I definitely think it's worth uh, worth picking up and worth reading. Absolutely, uh, I haven't read it yet, but your recommendation it has prompted me to. It's at least in the Amazon uh, the bar. It's, the it's waiting there yeah. to to be purchased. <laughs> um, yeah, so we sort of combined those two uh, challenges, those two habits uh, that you mentioned, into the one. Um, 
it's it's really about the conversation and yet yes having that community yeah but uh having it over a meal or um in in some way there's a shared experience there uh i would love to see what that would be like um kind of dig into that a little bit one thing um i had uh had an interesting experience in the last i guess it was last week so as part of my job um you know i i've traveled to a couple different clients and I was at a company, um, I guess it's, it was a, only maybe a thousand person company, right? Small enough that um, it's very affected by its local surroundings, but large enough that you wouldn't necessarily expect uh, a, an, a express uh, religion being very expressed directly from the leadership. Well, I was in a, an all hands at this meeting, um, which is, you know, all the, all the, company employees come together and they're, they're sitting there listening to updates about their company and stuff. Um, uh, and I'm there helping represent my company. We've been hired to do work with them. And the CEO was asked directly, um, you know, why aren't, why aren't we doing, why, aren't, why don't we allow full remote work or at least allow more hybrid work, right? Because this company had asked everyone to come into the office. Uh, and the CEO, he didn't say anything about productivity, about checking people on their work or about shared work hours or anything. He said, well, when God made Adam, he said, it is not good that man should be alone. And then he made Eve. And that's why I want everyone to come into the office. And that was his answer to that question. <laughs> uh, so I was thinking about that a little bit. Like there is a community that is formed when you are present with somebody. So yeah. that's a stipulation with this is as part of this conversation, um, try not to do it over the phone, right? It's definitely yeah. not over text. That's definitely not the case. <laughs> um, no, but this is an in-person conversation. Uh, it, I think I, I'm excited to see what kind of benefits we derive from that. I'm also excited. We're going to have uh, two more guests on. Um, we're not revealing any names yet, um, but we have two more guests to be coming on. The shroud is laughing at me. The shroud of secrecy yeah, must yeah. be maintained. Um, <laughs> we'll have uh, two episodes related, or two two guests related to this. Uh, challenge this topic of community and conversation and i'm very excited about it me too i yeah uh th those pr those conversations at least i i'm bringing on a guest this time uh one of the guests and i'm uh thrilled uh to have this person on very much looking forward to uh to that conversation i think it's gonna be grand old time This has been the Forging Honor Podcast. Music and production is by Elliot George. For more information about what we do or to learn how to get involved, visit our website at forginghonor.com. If you enjoy the show, make sure to like, subscribe, and give us a rating to bring others into the Forging Honor journey. On our website, you'll find information on how to do the challenges alongside us, as well as links to the many resources we mention in the show. And we do make a small amount for many purchases you make through our website link, so thank you in advance. Thanks for taking the time with us today. We hope you'll take up the work alongside us and join us in the task of forging honor. We'll see you next time. <laughs>